Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hello and welcome once again to the Growing in Grace podcast. Mike Kapler here, Joel Brzezinski right there, and we're glad that you're with us as we week by week focus in on the good news of Jesus Christ. Have you ever been in church and walked out feeling worse than you went in? (laughs) Uh, It's not going to be that way here. It's just possible that happened because maybe the good news was missing. You may have heard some Bible stuff. You may have heard some religious things. Maybe there was an element or traces of truth involved in the sermon that you heard or the things that were said, but you still walked out wondering, where do I stand with God? I wonder if I'm doing this good enough. And our podcast focuses a little bit more on Jesus and what he did instead of on us and what we do. And as we get focused on what Jesus accomplished for us and our identity in him as now perfected, righteous individuals, doesn't mean that we do everything perfectly, but we've been created that way through Jesus Christ. Once we understand that's who we are now, it begins to change the way you think, which can change a lot of things in your life. Right, Joel? Yeah, definitely. I had someone mention that on Facebook the other day, that she used to feel worse when she left church. And I'm like, that's not the gospel. She totally knew that. And you got to get into you know some sort of fellowship where people are, are lifting you up and helping you to renew your mind to the truth of the gospel, the good news, because that makes all the difference in the world. Oh, by the way, programming note real quick here in case we run out of time. Most of what we talk about on this podcast is timeless. I mean, it doesn't matter when you listen to a specific podcast or series, but we, next week, at the time of this is posted here, next week, we're actually going to be celebrating, believe it or not, a decade and a half, 15 years of doing this podcast. And so we're going to take a week or two. We haven't really decided what we're going to do yet, but just to, to do something different. So we'll take a break from this particular Hebrews series. So I think this is part six. I think this is our sixth one in the Hebrews series. So after this one, you'll hear maybe one or two episodes that don't have to do with this, and then we'll, we'll get right back into it. But anyway, on Hebrews here. We had talked about chapter 5 last week of Hebrews, and it says in chapter 5, verse 9, talking about Jesus, who had learned obedience by the things which he suffered, and having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And now I have been in conversations with people, and I probably even once believed this myself, people who have said, so you need to obey him. The things that he taught, you go back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all those things that Jesus taught, you need to obey all of those things. Well, as you know from listening to our podcast, Jesus had a ministry that is laid out in in a lot of those, um, what is known as the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that was mainly to the people of Israel. It was an old covenant ministry. We've talked a lot about that on our podcast. So it's not those words like, you shall be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, and righteousness needs to exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. And a lot of the instructions that he gave to those people in the Sermon on the Mount and in other places that were doing things, that were works-based. You have to do these things. That's not the gospel. That's not what is meant by obeying him. What is meant by obeying him, as we go back to chapters 3 and 4, is belief. 
the ones who didn't obey him and didn't get to enter into the rest because of unbelief. That was their disobedience. They didn't believe. So he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. That has to do with those who believe. Called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. I like what he says here. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. (laughs) So he's kind of telling these people, listen up, guys. I'm telling you some things that you actually, as he goes on in verse 12, you ought to be teachers of these things, but um, you've become dull of hearing. So he's kind of getting down on them that they should know this stuff. But that's really not what we need to get into here. So he says, therefore, in chapter 6, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection This is some good stuff here, Cap. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. I'm kind of reminded of, uh, I think, not too long ago, we might have done something on this on the podcast. Anyway, of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. So, there's a foundation. The foundation is repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. So just get that in your mind. Repent from dead works. What are dead works? Dead works are works that you do in order to try to earn something from God. Our our righteousness is as filthy rags, Isaiah said. Trying to earn righteousness by your works, that's dead works. And so that's the foundation and faith toward God. So they need to repent Repent means to change your mind. Stop thinking that your works can save you and turn to faith toward God. That's really what he's saying here. So that's the foundation, and a lot of people aren't getting that. A lot of people weren't understanding that. They were still being disobedient because they weren't believing this. They weren't having faith toward God. They were having faith in the blood of bulls and goats and in their works, their keeping of the law. I've talked long enough. It's your turn. (laughs) At the end of chapter 5 that you were messing around with there, where they had become dull of hearing, and and the writer goes on to say, man, by this time you ought to be teachers, but you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. You dull of hearing people. So he's, he's gearing up for Melchizedek here, which we'll get to eventually. But for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to what? To the word of righteousness. Interesting f- phrase there, because again, there were no New Testament scriptures out there for people to, to access. The word of righteousness. So so keep that in mind. And, and I mentioned last week that in, in Hebrews chapter 8, referring to the New Covenant, that the writer would go on to say, that in this new covenant, you would have no need for anyone to teach you. And so that, that's kind of interesting how he, he sometimes will say something and come back to it later. And as you were talking about in Hebrews 6, we did do a program on the subject of repentance, not too far back, but we did. And I, I know we fell upon this passage here in Hebrews 6, where basically he's saying, stop repenting. Stop laying this foundation of repentance again and again and again. Remember what Jesus said? He said, I didn't call I didn't call the righteous to repent, but sinners. Well, if you're in Christ as a believer, you're no longer referred to as a sinner. Have you sinned? Yes. Do you still continue to sin? Undoubtedly. Um, but you're not identified that way. 
you are righteous. And so we don't call the righteous to continually repent over and over again, all right? And repentance, by the way, just simply means to have a change of mind. You should have already gone past that arrow when you realized that Christ was the only way to God. And, you know, washings, baptisms, laying on of hands, you know, we don't have to keep grinding over all of this stuff again. And so he says, look, we've been made partakers. We, we are partakers of the Holy Spirit. We've tasted of the good word of God. We talked about that recently. The good word of God. We've tasted of Jesus and the powers of the age to come. And, and it's impossible to renew people to repentance again if they keep crucifying themselves to the Son of God and put him to open shame. But he continues here, in, in Hebrews 6, uh, some of the stuff you were saying was, was pretty good there, Joel. He's going to get into Abraham and, and some things here and Melchizedek and how this all relates to Christ. And so whenever, whenever the writer is referring to scriptures here, it's always going back to something obviously from the Old Testament, as it was with the Apostle Paul and some of the other writers too in the New Testament. But we're, we're in a place now where we, we have a better covenant. And that's what this whole contrast, this book of contrast here in the book of Hebrews, how it used to be, how it is now in Jesus Christ. And it's all good news. I mean, it's all good news. But if, if you're going to try and dice certain things up that are taken out of context and start looking at tunnel vision with certain verses, you're going to easily start taking some things out of context and maybe even start developing some fear because you may feel like you're not living up to a certain standard. And if that were the requirement, then we're all in big trouble. Yes, and I don't know if that was intentional or not, but you really led up to something I wanted to get into here, that chapter 6, verse 4, is one of, and 5, is, is and 6. <laughs> it's one of these things that is grossly taken out of context. It causes a lot of fear in people. Like you say, this whole thing is good news. Hebrews, the whole epistle to the Hebrews, he was trying to explain good news to them. He wasn't trying to get them to fear. The only reason they would need to have fear is if they don't believe. It's not about their behavior, because the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, as he goes on to talk about here, is the thing that took their sin away. And so with all these things in mind that we were talking about, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, because that's what it's about. So let's get that settled in our hearts. Repent from your dead works. Your works won't save you. Have faith in God. That's what saves you. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and all the powers of the ages to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. I don't know how exactly how you see this, Cap, but I have come to see it as what I call a hypothetical paradox. It's something that can't be true. He's telling them it is impossible for those who were enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift. And if I know other people might see this differently than me, so that's why I'm just kind of explaining how I see it, and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. In other words, if that were to happen, Jesus would have to be crucified again and put to an open shame again. Jesus isn't going to come back, though. He's not going to be crucified again. He was crucified one time, and it's impossible if someone were to fall away. And, and the falling away here would be a falling away from faith. But that's not what he's, he's saying, that this is not possible to happen. Because if it happened, Jesus would have to be crucified again. I believe, my 
belief is that once you're in faith, you've become born again. You've become a new creation. You've been placed into this one new man that uh, Ephesians talks about, and there's nothing that can change that. Other people, I understand, might see that differently, but that's how I see it. No, you you, you make a great point. Look at what he said at the beginning of chapter 6. He said, let's stop this repentance thing. Stop laying again this foundation of repentance from dead works. You're not going to continue to be saved because you're no longer committing works that aren't good. This isn't about works. It used to be about works under the old covenant, and because of every act of disobedience, like we mentioned a few programs ago, every act of disobedience was punished. It's not that way with our new high priest who is faithful and merciful. And he's saying here, it's impossible to keep renewing to repentance again (laughs) just because you can't keep doing this. And you made a good point. Jesus would have to come back again, and we'd have to start the whole thing all over again, another sacrifice. That's not going to happen. And that's also later explained in in Hebrews chapter 9, where Jesus isn't going to have to come back and keep uh, offering another sacrifice like they used to have to do the old way, where repentance was continually taking place with, you know, one sacrifice after the other. Right. Yep. And well, like I said, we're going to be taking a little break from the Hebrews talk, getting set to celebrate 15 years of the Growing in Grace podcast. We'll start doing that next week. Stay close right here. The Growing in Grace podcast at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.